Welcome to the 39th episode of the CKTH podcast. I'm John Vincent Campbell, and this installment is with Mr. Aaron Webb, a defensive back for Mississippi Valley State and someone who is a creative competitor in every sense of the word. Originally from East St. Louis, Aaron brings tenacity, a sense of humor, and an unfailing belief in himself to everything that he does. His journey as a player and as a person is already one for the storybooks, yet with two seasons and a whole future ahead of him, uh, especially at Mississippi Valley State, Aaron's finest chapters have also yet to be written. Much love and big respect to Aaron for his passionate perspective on life and for his unending willingness to compete and to make himself and those around him better. Cheers and enjoy. Aaron, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate you for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for taking the time. So how uh, how's your day been so far? Um, we had lift. We did max on bench and squat actually today. Um, so we went full throttle, basically seventy five to ninety to one hundred percent. So um, I got after that today. Um, hit two thirty five on bench, um, and then got four or five on squat. So just getting after it. Um, and also we are leaving a lot of people are leaving because we on our break so a lot of people's preparing for that but i was in the coach's office just kind of trying to get more of the, the playbook and uh, get ahead on that stuff on a free time yeah no doubt i mean one of the things before we jump into questions one of the things that i think uh i don't want to say regret but uh you know after practice after a lift um you know sticking around the coach's office rather than just showering and you know piecing out for like the cafeteria whatever is uh is always a great thing because a lot of those assistant coaches man they want some kids to sort of do film study with them because they're learning just as much by teaching you as as you are true um and definitely because they they linger around on purpose kind of trying to see and i think you always i kind of read the room and me being an older player now, I understand that what it really takes to take your games to the next level, which is a lot of film study. It's a lot of things you really it's 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 like almost what you call the boring part of it. Yeah. Um, like you know, everybody just want to play the game, and um, that's about it. But I kind of stay around and just talk to them and, and build a, a relation with them, relationship with them because me coming in from a different school. Um, you want to do those. And uh, even with cab workers, just anybody around the Valley, I kind of have built good relationships with them. Like I stayed after and cleaned the cab up and they thought I was in trouble, but it was just something that I did because I had nothing else to do. So. Yeah. Um, That's what it's all about. And, and I think it's a natural thing where in any organization, football team or, you know, or uh, Mm -hmm. corporation, whatever. um, Yeah. (laughs) I think that, there's always a little bit of that, like, once they know you're a little bit of an older, wiser, like literally, 
you know, they, they, they kind of want you to take on a little bit more of that leadership mantle, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what the Valley pretty much has. Cause I've been around and just going, you go first. They taught me a lot those two years at Iowa Western, um, just how to be a professional really. And how to carry yourself because it's so much more to get into the next level than just playing. Like it's so much more. So um, and then going to UT Martin, because Belize, my defensive coordinator, really took over and kind of groomed me um and helped me be just more mature, take it more serious, and and really like cross my T's, dot my eyes. Like it was it was very strategic. And I think that's why. We did win a lot, and it kind of helped me to now. I, I used to be the one that was always looking up to people. I always had a lot of years left to where I got to be the younger pup, and, like, yeah, I was a part of it. I was one of the talented ones, but I wasn't the leader. And I think Valley is kind of the same feeling. We haven't really won a lot. Um, nobody respects us. The swag not giving us nothing. Like, it's just now I'm in a leadership role, so I'm excited for this role and just to really do things the right way. You know, I, I won at Martin, but it was also a lot of things I could have done individually to push myself to the next level. So I'm making sure I do that every single day here for the Valley. Oh, no. So let's let's get into all that. Let's bring it all the way back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? St. Louis, Missouri. So I'm obviously talking to you from Boston mm-hmm. right now. And... Yeah. You know, Jason Tatum always makes it a point to present <laughs> St. Louis. Yeah. So for you, for Tatum, just yeah. what makes being a competitor who is from there different yeah. in your eyes? I just believe we are real life opportunists. And with us, it's like kill or be killed. Um, and it's just so cutthroat because we understand that you don't get chances like that. Like Jason Tatum is obviously a blue chip. He's obviously a, a one in a million type of type of guy. You know, you don't see too many people like Jason Tatum or Bradley Beal. But just coming from the city is like we growing up and just depending on where you grew up to, it's just you were kind of wired to be different. Like it's just it's kind of hard to explain. If you're from there, you know. So it's like that's why I call it the show me state because. With us, we may not be the biggest. We may not have the nicest stuff. You can say what you want, but when we compete, we compete, um, and we do it to win. And it's a lot of it's a lot of great talent from St. Louis that still haven't been discovered. So, yeah, no, I I um, I've always been a competitive person, and I think competitive people can sense it in others yeah. right mm-hmm. away. So again, I want to save some of that. And just yeah. staying, on, staying on the subject matter of St. Louis, just because, you know, I, being a sports fan, I want to ask this. Who is on your all-time list, either players that are from there or mm-hmm. players that play their professional? Um, just any sport or? Any sport, all-time, top five, top ten, whatever. Um, I would say, obviously, I'm going Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal for basketball. Um, it's a lot of good ones because I don't want to miss any. Um, I would say because they these are guys that are not really even the biggest figures. Like I would say, um, Jeff Thomas, he was East St. Louis. Um, 
would say Cameron Babb, he went to CBC High School. He went to Ohio State. Um, and Jeff Thomas, what position did he play? He played receiver and DB. He played both at East St. Louis, and he was on the, the um, 69 or 49 blocks for East St. Louis, and then he ended up going to the Patriots. And then, you know, but I would say my last one, probably David Lee. So it's a lot of basketball guys because I always grew up thinking I was going to be a hooper. Like, I always wanted to be like Jason Tatum, Bradley B. I thought um, I was going to be a hooper, but, you know, I didn't grow to be 6'9". And and just at the story, it, I just, it just didn't work out that way. But it's so many more that I can name, and it's just it's just a great city to, to, to come from. Look, I, I love it when people take great pride in where they're from, you know, yeah. and um, growing up, for me, San Diego um, had a really and does have a very rich tradition in football. I was lucky because I got to be very close with um, Rashawn Salam uh, and his family when I was growing up. And uh, Rashawn is actually from a neighborhood where um, Reggie Bush, Rashawn, Rashawn Salam, Marcus mm-hmm. Allen, Terrell Davis, like with mm-hmm within a handful of blocks from one another. Um, you know, and all those guys won the Heisman with the exception of obviously Terrell Davis, Ricky Williams actually not far away. So, I mean, just, yeah, I think it's a big, big, big part of being an athlete where you can kind of just anchor down as to where you're from, because at the same time, if you're a legit athlete, as everybody knows, you're going to go and travel because of what you do. You're going to travel for high school meets or games. You're going to travel as you have done for going to a school here or there, you're going to travel, you know, if you plan at the next level. So, I mean, traveling at the same time, anchoring down on where you're from is just a a super cool thing to me. So as you were growing up in St. Louis, like you said, you start to kind of acclimate, you know, towards football because, you know, like you said, not six, nine or whatever. Mm -hmm. So who got you into playing football? Um, it was really my big cousin uh, named DeMarco. We He really made me, because he played in the JFL League, so that was like the, the most popular league to play in. Um, and we stayed by him, grew up. Him and my big other big cousin, Elijah, too, like they both played in these junior leagues. And I was around them all the time, and I used to see them. Like, it used to fascinate me when I used to see that helmet. Like it was like I was like a, a, a kid in a candy shop. Like when I used to see that helmet and – See that uniform, the colors, like everything excited me about it. Um, so I told my mom, like, I wanted to try it. And that's what got me into the Junior Pirates Association. It was a different league, but it was like a school league preparing you for when you go to like middle school, high school. So I would say pretty much my cousins and then my uncle play football as well. I just didn't know about it because, you know, I was young, but really my cousins and just being around them and seeing them always come from practice or going to their practices, um, it made me really want to play football. And then just watching like the league and all the stars, like I wanted that lifestyle. So that's what I wanted to to shoot for. Absolutely. So, I mean, like you, uh, I mean, as a, young, as a young kid, you know, you, you see a sport that you're really into yeah, you do the other stuff, but you kind of end up putting a lot more of yourself, mm-hmm. your personality, your edge into the thing that you're really most passionate about. So you unquestionably are just so passionate about football. You know, I think the last time that we chatted, 
we were just on the line for like maybe an hour, just literally just going back and forth talking yeah. about the game. Right. Yeah. So just high level, you know, uh, what does just playing football mean to you, you know, mm-hmm. in your life? Just. It means a lot to me. I think it really is a, a my piece in terms of just everything I've been through. I can get a lot of anger out in terms of the workouts we doing, weight room, and just doing it in the right way um, and not really letting my circumstances define me. I think football really teaches you a lot. Um, and it's, it's something that you got to go through to understand, especially as the, the higher level you go, coming from high school or whether it's middle school, high school to college football. It's a lot of lessons I learned. So it really means a lot to me because I, I kind of can express myself. Um and it shows through my play. It shows that I love football. Like when I play football, I want you to see the tape and I want you to to see that like I'm point A to B and like this guy really loves to play the game of football because um, I'm really just like a bat out of hell when I play. Like I'm just so competitive, so fiery. I talk a lot. Sometimes I don't. Um, and it's just I'm making a way to, to pay for my education, to take the load off of my mom. I feel like I can't pay her back enough from for everything she's done. So I'm just trying to do the right thing through the sport and continue to be like a great man um, and just do right by her and myself. I mean, look, I love it. Uh, That's like everything about football is like in any sport, but I mean, particularly this game. And it seems like, you know, it seems like you were built to be a defensive back, like your mentality the way that you describe how you play, you know, being a bat out of hell and taking pride and flying flying to the football on Mm -hmm. tape is something that is such a big deal, especially in the back half of it, right? Because a lot of times, you know, if you see a play, you kind of think that a linebacker might clean it up or whatever. You got to be the guy who's like seeing your number flying to the screen, right? So that people know, hey, look, this guy means business every single snap. So just, you know, in that light, right, of, of you representing DB Nation, so to speak, talk about how you rooted for the villains <laughs> in the movies growing up. You know, talk about that mentality and how that connects to being a defensive back. I just feel I always wanted to go for the villains, you know, when I was younger because it was just a mindset with me. I always felt like the heroes, like it was cool being a hero, but they weren't really respected, like, you know, the heroes always going to move. They always lose first or it's always just that's just how the plot went. And I never was somebody I never wanted to be praised. I just wanted you to respect me. So standing on business, sometimes you can get kind of lonely, even in life. Like you kind of I started to know you kind of lose friends when you kind of choose the right thing and you elevate in life. You just kind of grow apart from people. So I think being a villain and me even considering myself a villain just with the role I play as DB, I like being a disruptor. Like I like being and taking the joy from, mm-hmm. you know, a, or a quarterback because it's just kind of how I put food on my plate. So if I can take some from theirs and put it on mine, that's what I'm going to do. So. I love it. So, all right. So through high school, first, you know, take me through your journey, right? <laughs> competing at Iowa Western Community College, you know, just as you started kind of explaining, you know, how much have you grown and matured and evolved, evolved as a player and as a person on and off the field since since high school? A lot. 
God, it's crazy because I look back at it and just realize like I was so like stupid in high school. Like high school, I think I, I just cared so much about what people thought. Um, I call myself always comparing myself to other guys who actually were working hard. Like it took when I got to our Western, that's what it took for me to really understand that like you're not working hard enough. And even when you work hard, you still got to work even harder than that, the bare minimum. Um, so in high school, played um, and I started pretty much as I was a sophomore, but it was decent numbers, but it wasn't any numbers to where like, OK, Division One school is going to come in like, you know. Um, so I had this false sense of entitlement. I had to be real with myself. I had talent, but it wasn't putting it together. I was small. I was undersized. Um, and then on top of that, I wasn't taking care of my grades, which was, again, a mature thing. I just the maturity just wasn't there. I didn't see the big picture. Um, so had to go Juco. And luckily, I got to Iowa Western just from a connection from my trainer. Um, he had got me in touch with Coach Finney, who was a DB coach there. And I got to Iowa Western. And that's when I really seen like the talent because there's so many bounce backs from D1 schools, D2 schools. They all bigger. Everybody has the same skill set. So it was like, how do you set yourself apart? Then you in a room with over 20 some 30 like DBs. It's a lot. So I had to figure out how was I going to stand out. Um, and I had to put my blinders on. So being out Western and competing was really the best thing that ever happened to me because I was around so much talent, but also some good guys who taught me X's and O's, taught me how to be a profession, like professional. Um, so every practice I came in there, I was like just kill mode. And it wasn't like I was just being an a-hole and, and doing the wrong things, but it was just how I approached it. I knew I wasn't the highly recruited guy. I didn't have stars. I didn't have none of that. So I had to go with a chip on my shoulder and really wanted to compete against the best guys. Like we had receivers like Marcel Barbie was one of the best receivers in college football. He goes to Texas state. We had Deshaun Stoudemire goes to Troy, just a lot of good guys that went to those bigger schools, power five schools, group of five schools. I wanted to match up against those as a freshman to see where I was at. And I never ran from, I remember we talked about it. I never ran from one-on-ones because it's just one of them things. It's obviously meant to, for the receiver to win anyway. But at the same time, I'm going to hold it down and I kind of want to change the narrative and flip the narrative with things. Like, again, I like being a villain. So I just attacked Juco really. Like, I really attacked. I was in a different headspace. I was hungry. Like, I had nothing to my name, literally. Um, and I just wanted to make a name for myself and make my mom proud of myself. Without a doubt. I mean... As I was saying to you, I remember when they moved me from running yeah. back, slot receiver, whatever was going to be the deal uh, in yeah. college. Because I didn't, I didn't play a single snap or minute on offense in college. So, like I said, day one, I'm playing corner, and I knew straight away that, like, like you're saying, you know, one on ones come around. You can't shy away from the top talent. You want the coaches to know that you mean business. So you're going to basically be ruining people's day if you do your job. Yeah. You're making people yeah. look bad. You're gonna make people look bad if you do your job. You're gonna get maybe some people heated at you if you do your job. Right. And especially if you're playing man press at the line and you're doing a good mm -hmm. job with your footwork and your hands, then you're really gonna yeah. get some people kind of spicy with you. Absolutely. I I mean, but it is just one of those things like you're saying fires me up because it's not easy, right? It's not easy to stand out as a defensive back. 
Um, because most of the time when you are in the spotlight, it's because someone just, just smoked you deep, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you got to have, right, like that intensity, that edge to where everybody mm-hmm. on the field, big or small, knows that you're a player, you know? And uh, so speaking of talent, speaking of players, speaking of Iowa mm-hmm. Western, um, how beneficial was it for you to compete against Mr. Ryan Flournoy, somebody who obviously has been on the program as well? Um, it was fun. It was very fun and very competitive because, again, we both kill or be killed. So you not like I'm looking at his structure and we, we like sizing each other up when we first see each other going to indoor. He's the new receiver. I already been there. So I'm kind of looking at him. I'm, I'm like, OK, so feeling each other out. Then we finally go against each other. And actually, he catches one, like a deep ball. He catches it. So I'm like, okay. It was a fade ball. So I'm like, okay. Then I think he started talking. And then we just was kind of getting so competitive because I told him it was luck. Um, And then we went, and I had deflected it the second time. So we was one and one. So, like, those type of things. And and that was me really, like, we basically earned each other's respect because – a lot of people was kind of looking at him run routes and they was kind of scared to really go after him. Like those type of cats who's really, I, I believe is going to be in the NFL or get a shot to be in the league. Um, you have to go straight at them. Um, but it was fun. He's a, he's a great guy, a great guy to be around. We hung out a lot at our Western. Um, he had just got injured. So Things kind of took a toll, but it was it was fun, and I, I learned a lot from him, even in that short time of being at Iowa Western. Good guy. Shout out to Ryan. Yeah. So you progress, you uh, are evolving at Iowa Western, and then you get an opportunity to go to University of Tennessee Monroe. So, so walk, walk me through that. Yeah, and it's oh, it's actually UT Martin, but you yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. My bad, my bad. Sorry. A lot of schools that sound the same, but I got an opportunity to go there. And again, people don't know this, like my story is just different. Like I didn't have the the status quo. Like I didn't have all the offers out of JUCO, you know, and then I happened to choose and land at Martin. Martin was the only school that really gave me a real chance from scholarship. Um, and it was from a private workout. Like I went on a private workout, worked out for Coach Belize, and he seen my measurables and seen how I moved and offer me a scholarship from that because he's seen the potential. And it's not often that that happens, that you kind of get a private workout and, you know, a program really believes that much in you without seeing you actually. Because you got to remember, I only played three games total at Iowa Western in two years, which is insane. Only, if you look at my stats, you will wonder, like, how did I even go Division One just from the stats? I was never – I was either never healthy or just wasn't ready my first year. I registered at Iowa Western. Second year, I played a lot of special teams in DB. I mainly got there from practice film. So, I again, I didn't have a, a handout. So, um, when I got to UT Martin, Coach Belize, it was a struggle first year because you go from Juco. I got to shift my mindset. Um, it's no longer Juco. It's, it's now it's politics. You got to beat out. It's other things. You got to get bigger. You're already behind the eight ball just because you undersize a little bit and you don't know how to maneuver and and beat those things. So I was always in Coach Belize's office just, just asking for advice. And, you know, a coach can tell you so much, but it's up to you to really figure out what works best for me. So I had to learn that first year 
Um, and I did a lot of special teams. Again, I'm an opportunist, so I knew I was going to get on the field on special teams. So I had made plays on special teams and kind of showed them that I can still be on the field and just kind of try to get in where I fit in. Um, but I also wasn't the best with X's and O's and IQ. I wasn't in my playbook as much because I knew I wasn't playing, which is, uh, again, one of them things that you shouldn't do, but it's a natural human thing because I'm competitive. So I'm like, why am I? Like, I'm like, why am I coming to these meetings? I'm sitting there, I'm not even playing. So I had to really lock in and I talked to my mom about it and rolling into the second year, I really just worked hard and I probably had one of the best springs anybody has had there. I was getting interceptions almost every day. I was playing fast or reacting. I was up there talking to the coaches, going up X's and O's, going on a board. Um, and it really helped me going into the season. I got bigger, I got faster. I just took it more serious. I, I knew what I really wanted. So I think that's the biggest thing. I just had to shift my mindset. And I had success. And I, it's still so much left on the table for me to do. That's why I'm excited with this opportunity I have now at the Valley. Right. No doubt. I mean, look, I think anybody can relate, like you're saying, where mm -hmm. even if you're on a winning team, winning program, you know, you want to be engaged. You want to be engaged on more than just kickoff, punt, punt cover, whatever. Right. And, you know, I did my fair share of special teams and everybody knows that if you can make a play on special teams, you can make a play, you know, oh, in a three down series, because it's 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 hard to see the game move on a special teams play. You know, yes. Yeah. It's like it's like a war zone, basically. But um, at the same time, you know, you're a competitor's competitor and it's difficult to just kind of like you said, like want to just. You want to see the team win, and at the same time, you're there because you want to progress your skills. You want to be somebody who's contributing to the greater mission as well. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just victory or defeat, um, and and going back to this villain concept, mm -hmm. how the Chucky doll fits into the broader vision, especially yeah. as you made your announcement that you were transferring, you know, from mm -hmm. from Martin to Mississippi Valley State. Chucky Dog was just adding to the the villain concept of it. And it was kind of like child's you know, it's child's play. So it's kind of like the valley is is no longer seen as child's play. Like I didn't want I I'm really trying to change this narrative. It's only gonna happen by actions and when we play. But just really wanted to really show like we have a lot of good players and People kind of smell that the Valley is a little different, but it's only going to take for us to play. And when we smack them in the mouth for them to really respect us. So all we want is our respect and to change the narrative. And me, I go by Joker. So, again, a villain, but it's somebody who you think you can play with. And but it ends up being dangerous the whole time. So it's just one of them things. I just love being the one. Well, you probably know you can know about me all you want, but like you just got to stop me. And that's just, I think that's the the whole team's mentality. I think we just we all building our chemistry. We just had two great guys go to the Slack media thing and talk. Um, Brandon Williams and Jamari Jones, our quarterback in DB. So we just really want our respect. And we this is like the feeling season because nobody's going to give us nothing when you haven't won and nobody really counting you in for nothing. You're not going to get no calls more than likely. You just don't get the, you just don't have the respect of anybody. Like, so we coming to take it and we taking it day by day. 
and just really making sure we do the little things right. So speaking of the little things, just a small asterisk detail, Mississippi Valley State, alma mater of Mr. Jerry Rice. You know, I, I know that you said that that wasn't something that factored uh, necessarily into your decision, but, yeah. you know, you're talking about arguably one of the top whatever technicians, not only of his position, but of probably any position player, you know, in the sport in terms of not only maximizing his talent, but probably mm-hmm. you know, being that proverbial quarterback who sort of knows where everybody else is going to be on the field. So in that light, you have experienced, um, you know, playing outside as a corner, inside inside at the nickel spot, right? Yep. And so talk about, as you're saying, about getting more into the X's and O's and just what it means for the mental side of the game to sort of help make this game of football slow down mm-hmm. in the moment. Well, it, it, it helps – and I learned that it helps tremendously because when you get out there and you really don't know what you're doing, talent can only take you so far. Like talent is cool, but if you don't know how to to be able to play under control and be able to understand the down and distance where you have to line up outside leverage, inside leverage, um, kind of understand the route tree, what you're going to get out of this concept, smash, Dino, double post. Like it's a lot of different things that you got to consider. So it helps because you you literally play faster. It's a real thing. Like anybody that really studies the game of football and is passionate, it's, it, it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of straining that you do on your mind. But this game of football is really not that hard. Everything is disguised, um, especially say we go against a team, a West Coast style offense. They want to get the ball vertical. It's a lot of different things that can come from that. So you really just got to watch film. And like me, I've learned to really watch film, but slow it down and just on certain receivers as well. Um, we going against the team. We're going against Central State. I'm already looking at receivers that went there, transfers that went there. What did they do at their old school? Um, it's a lot of different things that I I take into account because I take it more serious. Like, I really want to dominate. We're not just out there to win. We want to dominate. So you, you got to look at the little – those are the little things – Habits like their releases, um, their gestures, body language. It's so many things that I would recommend you look at, but everybody don't do it because they say it's, you know, born. Yeah. No, I mean, to be a um, to be a real artist of the craft or whatever the expression is, you know, Kobe Bryant in the gym shooting jumpers, you know, 10,000, whatever, whatever, every night. You mentioned two players at the professional level. Uh, two of, I think, everybody's favorite players, Teron Matthew, Buda Baker, as being two other DBs that you emulate with your game. Now, obviously, both these guys are very well-rounded, right? Technicians of the the position. In that sense, playmakers that can turn a run with anybody, but they can also come downhill and fill the lane, right? So when you're you're capable of affecting the game um, in so many ways – you know, um, just like talk about what it means to sort of also kind of be a part of that DB fraternity and talking, mm-hmm. communicating throughout the game so that you're informing these other guys around you as to like mm-hmm. what to watch for, whether it be, you know, a screen like you're saying, a smash or something that's basically designed to deceive everybody. Um, I would say like communication, like just for a great example, just when it's a tight bunch to tight bunch or tight. Zoro, we call it Zoro, but tight stack. 
deuce deuce uh, basically two by two formation and they tight to the core um just simply if we and man or whatever i would alert the mic um to cut especially if it's a drag coming across so it's just like communication i'm cut 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 so um and that's just anything that's what everybody uh, that's not our terminology but that's just just talking to them and really you you gotta i'm loud on the field so i'm a different person i'm very calm and chill and goofy like outside of football but when i get on the field like i'm really making sure i'm communicating i'm yelling um i leave no stone unturned so i really go over things a million times until it makes sense to everybody so our coaches and our coaches do a good job of putting things into perspective perspective for us where everybody gets it um you also got to do studying on your own again taking it more serious um, and that's what we we do here now, especially just from me coming in. I really want to make sure everybody is on the same page. And again, me coming from a bigger school means nothing. Like I chose the Valley, so I'm a part of this. It's not like um, I'm bigger than the next. Like we all in the same love trying to get a common goal. So it's really a lot. It's so much more that goes on. It's kind of like you just got to be on the field to know, especially in terms of playing with me. It's also fun to play with me because – I kind of pump you up. I kind of like, I like, I like making feel like I like making other players really feel like, cause you know, sometimes confidence is something that everybody doesn't have. Like it's so many people that I know has the skill set to, to get to the lead, but I don't think they have the confidence to get to where they want to be. So when they make those plays, I tell them, don't be surprised. Like this kind of what we really work for. And this is, this is what we coming for. So, we all been writing our individual goals, but nonetheless, the, the, the main goal is to win. So. Oh yeah. So, uh, no, man, you seem like somebody who would be a lot of fun to play with. Yeah. And I was really impressed listening to, um, an interview, maybe a couple others that you did where, yeah. you know, look, I think every player has to talk a little bit from time to time on the field. Right. It, Absolutely. You know, not to the point where you're going to cost your team, you know, 10, 15 yards, but, but you got to stay engaged. You got to let your teammates know that you're engaged and you got to keep the other team guessing too. I like what you said one time that sometimes you'll talk and then other times you'll almost kind of want the opposition mm-hmm. to sometimes then wonder where you're at, right? Yeah. Kind of keep them off guard. So I was super impressed by that. Um, also speaking about your teammates, um, at Mississippi Valley, you know, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned um, a couple guys that all yeah. have come into the program this uh, year as transfers, just like you, Brandon mm-hmm. Williams, Jaquez Penniman, mm-hmm. Chris Fagan, Vaughn Killians. So explain kind of the bond that being transfers coming into this program. And like you said, it's villain season, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, people are counting Mississippi Valley out. I mean, every boxer's got a puncher's chance, though, right? Yeah. So just talk about the bond that you guys have created and where you see this upcoming season going. The bond we created it was very, it was very fast, and it was like you always wonder coming from a new school how the guys accept you. If you, you know, you always think of that type of stuff. The environment is it going to be a good environment for me to thrive off the field? Um, and it was just very fast. So I think it was like one of the first workouts I, I talked to. Well, before I got down here, I called B. Will, um, Brandon Williams. Um, 
really like the guru, the leader of our secondary. Um, and that's my guy. So I, I had called him and really was just talking to him about his his standard and like comparing it to my standard. And we were just kind of sharing ideas and really just it was a respect thing because once I knew he this was like the guy, I knew, OK, me coming into this program, I know I want to affect and I know I want to help bring others along with me as well and try to help win. So it was a mutual thing. And he was open to me from day one. So and then the other guys like Chris Fagan worked so hard, it's hard not to like Chris Fagan. It's hard. He doesn't talk a lot. Um, just been through a lot. So he's really down to business and he just really wants to make it happen for his family. Like I love people like that. So that's like a brother. And then Von Killens is just a freak athlete, zero body percent fat. Like, so it's just, it's just things that you don't really see at the Valley. Like you never really seen at the Valley and Von came from Hawaii. So it's just a lot of, it's a lot of things. And Jaquez coming from Georgia state, me and him hang out almost every day and just really talk about football almost every day. And just our situations, how we want to change it. What can we do better? And all of us, when we get together, it's really scary because we are the guys I do believe that that's the core. And it's like, we don't care who knows we the core because we know we work hard and it shows it's going to show up. So I love those guys. And there's so many more people on the defense that, you know, um, contribute to that. But I do I do believe. And it's like other guys like uh, Monty said and said when her last year. So. I think our secondary will will really be one of the best secondaries in the country. Like, I'm very excited to play with this defense under Coach Thompson, Coach Wade. Um, and I think we're just going to be real dominant and turn some heads in terms of, like, this is not the same Valley. And I think people know that, but they, they kind of still suspicious just because they thinking, like, what can a few people do? But we definitely got something cooking up. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Just happy to be here. No, I can sense it. And I'm really excited for you and your teammates and your coaches and the fans for Valley because you're going to be there this season, next season. And as you and I were saying, uh, you can shift an entire culture of a program in that period of time. So and that's what I want to do. That's what the plan. And I, that was, I was already sold before I even came on a visit here. Like I was already pretty much committed um, before I came on a visit, like I already knew what I was getting into. I know obviously I'm not going to a, a FAMU type of HBCU in terms of like the facilities. And I knew I wasn't going to an LPS school that had all that. I knew that I was aware of that, but I think I just really loved how the way Coach Thompson explained it to me because wait, everything was so real and thorough. Um, and it was very truthful and they, they, they stick to their word and they make stuff happen. And they, cause Wade don't really like talking a lot. Um, it's just, he just want things done. And that's kind of what I want to do now, the direction I'm going in my career in terms of football and just the man I want to be, I just want to get things done. So I'm, I'm just very excited. It's kind of, that's all I really can say. So now with respect to when you're not on the field, as, as mm -hmm. I mentioned to you, I was super impressed uh, that you said that amongst all the things that you would do with, you know, to kind of, mm -hmm achieve some meditative peace in your free time that painting and art in general have emerged for you as things you like to do. So mm -hmm. maybe just talk a little bit about that. 
painting was something I got into literally just, I was just freestyling because I already know how to draw. But I was saying, maybe I need to take it to another level because I'm always up to challenges and just trying to do different things. So I ended up trying to paint myself. It was kind of terrible, but I tried to paint myself. Um, then I tried to paint my friends. And then I just try to paint different things and draw and really just like watching it. Because um, it, it to me, it can't all be football. Like I feel like it's draining if you so much football, even if you don't the season, you still diving into football. Like, yes, football is my life, but at the same time, you got to do different things and there's other ways you can be happy in that moment of time. Football is just what I do, though. Yep. So I like to find different things. I like to read a little bit, watch podcasts of different athletes, just talk about their life, um, what they go through. Um, and just... I like finding different ways. I mean, I'm still trying to find new ways. Like I, I want to go, I plan on going snowboarding, um, just really experiencing life. Cause I feel like you, you literally only get this go around once You only live once. So I want to take advantage and meet great people like yourself and keep building connections with anybody I can. Cause it could take me a long way. No, I mean, first of all, 1000%, that's correct, man. I mean, life is just too short. Um, unfortunately, as life marches forward, I think that we become increasingly aware of just how short it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then with respect to your your interests and the way that it seems like you go about doing everything, and this is kind of going back to the art subject for for a hot second. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every every great artist, to some extent, has become great because they believe in their style. You know, and it's crazy because some of these artists, yeah, you know, some people have got talent to the moon and back other, but they may not have a like signature style, a signature approach that they're just known for doing and doing that with great excellence. So uh, as a final kind of thought here, Aaron, uh, just want to mention to you that it's been a real honor and pleasure not only getting to know you but also having this chat here today in the pod and yeah. so given the fact that you also uh, have mentioned to me that you have a interest in media and communications and the kind of broadcasting space uh, as well for your future um, I would obviously welcome you to come back on the CKTH's pod anytime to discuss okay. sports film pop yeah. TV whatever whenever you uh, uh, can make some time for it yeah, absolutely. I definitely would want to do things like that because I'm so big into sports and just and really just the political issues, everything. I'm just big into a lot of things. Uh, I don't like being narrow minded. I really like spreading the word. And I I, I truly do want to be like an influencer and just have my hand in so many different things. I want to change lives, help people, help my family um, as I'm still on this journey. So I think that's the reason why I reach out to, to good um, podcast like yourself and, and really trying to, you know, kind of make myself and really show what I'm about in terms of my morals and just how I was raised and just praise God and just show people a little bit more than the man behind the helmet. Like, you know, so I'm extremely thankful. Hey man, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful that you reached out. So, uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, and, and, you know, as I, as I said, I, I look forward to tapping again with you whenever we make it happen. Definitely. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right.